0: all right everybody welcome to another episode we are back we talk a little vacation uh from the podcast we apologize guys but kelly's been breaking cards like crazy traveling all over the country for his daughter's softball tournaments as i have as well trying to find uh the holy grail and trying to sell as many cards as possible at all these lovely shows that are now all over the country but we are back kelly are you ready man i'm ready let's do it all right today we have a great show for you guys planned Joining us right now is Tim Getch, the founder and CEO of COMC. Uh, check out mycards.com for those that you don't that don't know what that means. Uh, it took me a while. It took me a while, Tim. It took me a while to fit to put those two, two, two together, which is pretty funny. <laughs> but what's up, man? How are you today?
1: I'm good. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So, Tim, uh, if for you guys don't, that don't know, I mean, ComC is a great uh, website that you can go and you can buy cards, you can sell cards, uh, a lot of different services on there, and they're only getting bigger and better. So, mm-hmm. Tim, let's give me a brief description of what we can find on ComC for the listeners that aren't familiar with it.
1: Yeah, we have about uh, more than 10,000 consigners from around the world that have sent their cards to us so we can hold them, we can process them. Uh, and so when you buy from them, you're buying from one location and that allows you to do some innovative things like buy and hold with us and have it shipped later, whether it's weeks, months or even years down the road. You can have all your items shipped in one package. Um, and then we also let you flip cards so you can purchase a card and instantly relist it without ever having to take possession of the cards. We have about 25 million cards actively for sale on Comc, and we synchronize those with eBay for you so you can get exposure on eBay as well as on the Comc marketplace uh, if you're trying to sell your cards. Kelly, did he, how many cards
2: did he say he had, Kelly?
0: Because, I mean, I know you have a lot of cards in your shop, but he <laughs> makes you look like an amateur.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's not really close.
0: <laughs> well let's let's talk about how it all started man i mean obviously yeah. the, your business has gr- has grown into this type of level um yeah. and i know you have big things on the horizon you have a new building mm-hmm. that you're expanding yeah. to so let's talk about uh how this all started where the idea came from and mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about the days the dog days when uh yeah. it, it was nobody really was doing this right
1: yeah absolutely so the idea came from just using eBay and realizing how inefficient it was. I was always trying to uh, find the best ways to get deals on eBay. And I the the way that I found was to find a really big seller on eBay and try to get combined shipping. But as someone that wanted to also sell cards, I wasn't uh, at the place to compete with anybody that was big like that. So I thought, okay, what if all of us little guys pooled our resources and we all put things in the same building and then we could create the biggest seller on the planet. And then as buyers, we could take advantage of that combined shipping and have a more cost-effective way to, to collect. Um, growing up, I was always going to local card shows and card shops. I could bike to, uh, probably a handful of different card shows or card shops, obviously, uh, as the industry went online, that became harder and harder. So if you have to ship every package, it kind of changed what people could buy and sell, what they could e- efficiently collect online. And I wanted to go back to the types of things I like to collect and I, I wasn't, I mean, as a kid, I wasn't spending thousands of dollars on cards. I was going and maybe bringing $20 of lawn mowing money and buying some rookie cards of some of my favorite players. And uh, so I wanted.
2: You were getting the $2 Lenny Dykstra card specifically. Yeah, exactly. You
1: got it. You
2: got it. Nothing wrong with Lenny Dykstra,
0: baby. We all love nails.
1: Yeah, I actually the other day was looking through um, some old photos uh, that my mom took. I, there was a photo of me in a, uh, I must have been about 12 years, maybe 13 years old. I was in a baseball uniform. I had just had a game and then I went to a card show and I was manning the booth at, at this card show. And I noticed that I could see on the table that Lenny Dykstra card that got me into <laughs> collecting. Like I, I just recently realized that you can actually see the card that got me into collecting. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to be able to collect the same kind of stuff that was on my table. And I mean, back in the early 2000s on eBay, you could buy lots, But you couldn't buy singles especially not if you wanted to see an image of the card before you you bought it you like it was just really hard especially as the manufacturers created so many different cards it was hard to keep track of everything and like what all is out there and like is that really a card out of 10 or did they make a hundred copies of that card that's numbered out of 10 like you, you just it was hard to keep all that information and be able to make good buying decisions so I wanted to create a site that was uh, ideal for how I bought and how I wanted to sell cards. And I figured I might not be the only one. And sure enough, hundreds of thousands of buyers, tens of thousands of sellers have also enjoyed the same collecting experience that I wanted.
2: So I recently just found out about lowpricecards.com. What exactly is that? So that was the
1: predecessor to check out my cards uh, That was my first attempt at formalizing a hobby business i um uh officially got like the business license and everything and tried to learn what the pains were to buy and sell online like I was w- winning these eBay auctions. And I got all these duplicates and extras of cards I didn't really care about. And so I figured I'll just put them up on a site and try to recoup some of my expenses so that I could just recycle the money in the hobby. And it was in that process that I realized all the pains of what it takes to scan the cards, to describe them, to take them to the post office, to like put packages together, deal with customer service and payment processing and all these other things. That it's like, gosh, this is no longer a hobby anymore. This has to be a, like a legit business if it's going to actually go anywhere. So, um, yeah, I, that was me learning the pains. And then that ended up becoming the inventory that's currently in the low price cards account on ComC. So that was all cards that I bought off eBay, or like there. there's probably a, I don't know, five year period starting in like 2002 until uh, 2007 that I was buying a bunch of stuff that ended up going into that account and uh, then became the low price card account on top and comfy. Yeah.
2: I remember about, uh, I don't know, 10 or 11 years ago when we were at the industry summit and yeah. it was the last day and we we're kind of just summing things up and you stood up and we talking about your vision for what yeah. is comps yeah. And like, sure, buddy, whatever. Well, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to be honest, there was a lot of faith
0: there. You had a lot of faith yeah. in you there. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I was probably one of a handful that said similar things. Like we all had ideas. I was like, oh, I'm going to build this thing. It's way better than eBay. it's like <laughs> all this stuff eBay does, but we do it with a twist. And I'm like, you know what? We're going a totally different direction. Like just send all your stuff to us. Have faith in us. And we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, but it, we took a lot of slow effort. Like it did not grow, uh, like 10 X overnight. It it was consistent 20 to 30% growth for more than a decade. And then now it's like, insane growth That's what so, I, I was actually going to ask you i mean let's
0: talk pre-pandemic obviously because yeah. we all know the pandemic yeah. had the boom but pre-pandemic um the market was still growing it was yeah. obviously a smaller pace mm-hmm. let's let's talk about that era what was the growth at that time just so we can you know inform the listeners on yeah. the boom of the pandemic like what, what, what was yeah. growth at that time
1: um we had been growing about 30 percent Uh, the year or so before the pandemic, and we knew that that was going to accelerate. The National before the pandemic, I saw so many people excited about the hobby, creating new businesses, creating new YouTube channels, just the like every age range was at the National. I'm like this, I, I went back and told the team, we need to be prepared for 50% growth. I was like, man, we're going to almost double, or we should probably shoot for double the growth that we had the previous year. And then the pandemic happened and <laughs> we <laughs> went way beyond 50% growth. Uh, a but a yes, good yeah. problem, a good problem. Yeah. So,
0: so let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about how... Uh, how you basically ran your business in a pandemic? I mean, a, obviously yeah. major issues with uh, obviously the, the, the virus and not yeah. knowing, and yeah. But meanwhile, everybody's home with a ton of cash, buying, buying, buying. So right. let, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, um, I mean it. The early days before um, the last dance. There, we didn't know what was going to happen. The whole market, there's uncertainty everywhere. The, all markets took a little dip. Um, we had uh, leading into what we we figured was going to be a growth phase. So we're trying to like prepare ourselves for growth, and we we thought the right strategy was to um, like train everybody to do multiple tasks and have only a few job descriptions that we were going to have to hire for and just be ready to hire a bunch of people. Well, when the pandemic started, we lost a bunch of people, like people couldn't work, they couldn't come in. And cross training was like the worst possible thing to do. So we had just like said, Okay, these all these jobs, we wanted people to do like a bigger variety of things. And um, like I said, fewer number of jobs, like job posting. Um, but coming out of the pandemic, we had to shift and and try to create more specialized jobs so that someone could be trained on some very specific task so they didn't need as much supervision. Um, and so we, we had to pivot uh, a few times as things started to grow and as we realized how difficult it was going to be to hire people, um, I mean, so many businesses were shutting down, but like people didn't feel kind, even people we'd hire would come in to work and then they'd be like, you know what? I, it, it's a pandemic. I just don't feel comfortable still working. And so um, getting, and even our situation was extra difficult because. Um, both of our Seattle area offices were already close to maxed out before the pandemic. And we knew we were going to need to add a new facility, but we thought we had a little bit more time than we did. Um, and then plus moving in the pandemic, everything is slower. So it took longer to find a place to get the contracts, to get the, um, permits to like install everything just everything took longer uh, so, some people were working some people weren't right yeah yeah i mean we in order to get internet at our new building we needed to get permits from two different cities and both of them had like mile-long backlogs of issuing permits and it was going to take more than six months just to get internet to the building so we had to like pull some strings to get something that resembled internet um, just so that we could have people working out of the building. And then even like adding security systems to the building, the, the company that we use for security, I'm sure they were shorthanded and um, probably had an increase in demand because there's just new, even though some businesses wound down, new businesses came up and like the, the security needs were different. So they had like, instead of three weeks to install something. It was like four to six months to install things. So like everything was like way backed up. Um, So that's been like the hardest part about running a business in the pandemic is things, everything takes longer. I mean, supply chains, you guys are all well aware of like the top loader shortage and Like obviously we can't, people can't even find cards at local stores, but they can't find like penny sleeves and top loaders and just as things that you need to to store the cards, things that we need to ship the cards. So we've had to be creative and like ask customers to send in used top loaders. And, uh, we've had to like save supplies that we normally would have recycled and, uh, we had to find ways to reuse them and stuff like that. Um, But the, uh, I mean, it's a fun problem to like have so much growth. (laughs) It's way better than like trying to drum up business, Uh, but it is very stressful to manage customer expectations and and even for us to make any predictions because I I could tell you, yeah, we're going to get stuff shipped in two months. And then all of a sudden guess what there's no top loaders you can't ship with (laughs) oh you want cardboard guess what the cost of anything wood related just went up 4x and like oh crap everything right left and center is though the world is totally different so so where where are
0: we now with these growing paints i mean it's it's uh i know the new buildings being uh, my boy my boy cooper or shout out to coop uh from clubhouse uh we talked to them all the time um we have um the new building he's working hard there setting yeah. things up with your guys with your mm-hmm. team let's talk let's talk about the new building and, and how yeah. that's going to help and, and then also what are the other growing pains that we've had uh during this mm-hmm. time
1: yeah okay so we finally moved into this building a little over three months ago uh and that was just like opening up the doors and letting people start working out, the, out of the building. I mentioned we have 25 million cards. Those cards are still in the process of getting moved over. I think maybe we have around 10 million cards in this building. Um, and so we still have more than half of our inventory that's going to continue to get moved this summer until so we have everything switched over. Um, the so, there's a little bit of growing pains with the move and complexity trying to get shipping out. But the the big thing that really hurt us um, was that in February, we had expected the new building would be online. We hired a ton of people. And unfortunately, the... Um, the tasks we gave those new people to work on in our old building that was about to run out of space created a huge traffic jam. And unfortunately a bunch of orders got shuffled and then we had to do a ton of work to untangle and we're still, uh, I think they're down to the last, uh, I mean, it's several hundred orders that were still untangling but it was many thousands of orders that got involved in this traffic jam back in 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 february um so they're down to the last uh few hundred orders hopefully those will be completely behind us uh, maybe by the end of the month um We've also run into uh, some challenges with changing our processes. Uh, We wanted to add some additional security. So for example, we have hired a ton of new people. There's probably a hundred new people that weren't at the company a year ago that work in our shipping department. And as people are coming up to speed, they make mistakes. And we just want them to make those mistakes on cards that are easier to replace, that are less expensive. So we've shuffled how we do things so that we limit the exposure of mistakes to those lesser valuable items. But in the process, we added more complexity to our system and that slowed down orders that happen to have expensive items in it. So that's one of the pain points that we're dealing with at the moment, uh, streamlining that process so that we have a core team that's focused on the expensive items so that we can actually give them favorable treatment rather than them getting caught up and taking longer to ship out. Uh, in general, orders that are um, express orders, we're on top of, we're getting those out in uh, generally a couple days. It's something more than 50% of express orders get shipped out the next business day. And then it's like 90, 95% get shipped out in two business days. And I think we're quoting people that it'll take four business days for those to get out, but we're generally always ahead on those. The rushed orders were now um, at two weeks to get rushed orders out. Uh, I think we're about a week away from being able to shrink that down to one week. Um, And those and the only ones that we're really having issues with I mentioned the the, the rushed orders that have expensive items in it uh, or items that we had kind of singled out and put in a more secure portion of our building uh, those are taking a little bit longer. but I think again within a week or so uh, we'll be totally on top of that we'll be on top of we'll be able to bring the rushed quotes down to one week, and i'll give you guys some news uh i think when i reduce that um time frame uh, i i don't know when this episode is going to air but uh probably around the i'll say the 25th or near the end of june uh we will also be able to start selling top loaders again uh so so that that'll be uh a welcome Back um, thing on, on for shipping, and then we'll have rushed and express orders totally under control, and we're going to be chomping at our economy backlog. Our goal is that by the national, um, the orders that are left on our economy backlog will be about four months uh, old, and so. Uh, And then from there, the next step is by the end of the year, getting that down to one month. We want to get economy down to one month. And we're probably going to try to have Rush down to like two days and Express down to one day and stuff like that. Just improve our services, trying to get back closer and closer to where we were pre-pandemic.
2: Speaking of the top loaders, are you still paying for the used ones currently?
1: Um, we are still uh, paying people for the the used top loaders. We are probably going to keep that program going until our we ordered a container of, I think, like 2 million top loaders. And that's supposed to come in in uh, July. And w- until we see them, until we're happy with the quality of them, we'll keep allowing people to send in used top loaders.
2: And then as far as us submitting cards, right now, there's just the two services, the select, which is two weeks, and then the standard, which is 16 weeks. Yep. see that staying the same for a while? There used to be different types of ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, We are uh, going to wait until we feel comfortable with where shipping stands. I'm hopeful that that is around the time of the national. And at that time, we'll be able to make some announcements about uh, other service offerings, Uh, maybe some specials that we're running at the national. Uh, I can't speak to exactly what services are going to be available. It really depends on how fast our team is able to catch up on shipping. That needs to be our, our main focus right now. As far
2: as specials at the national, I know, uh, Most of my kids, they only care if you have the wheel there to spin. (laughs) Uh, I will give that
1: feedback to the team. Um, We (laughs) are planning on doing some new things. And I think we can't have the wheel because I think they're going to be recording a bunch of podcasts at our booth. And the thought was that would conflict. But we'll see. We we may be able to to get a quieter
2: wheel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So so let's go back to the the numbers you were talking about that week. So if I bought a card, what would be your, yep. your suggestion right now to basically I can get it relatively soon?
1: Uh, Use our rush service. It, it's going to be an extra 50 cents a card. Um, and that will uh, right now we're telling people two weeks, but most cards are it's something like 60 or 70 percent of orders are are shipped within one week.
0: Yeah. And then for submitting cards, if I wanted to sell yeah. something on CompSeat, uh, what's the standard time and how does that work as well real quick?
1: Yeah. Um, so we, we have a variety of different services. Kelly mentioned a couple of our standard services. Uh, they are the most popular way to get things on the site. Uh, it's currently a, a two-week or a 16-week service. Um, and the price is a dollar for the two-week service. There's some things; certain cards are a little more expensive, but a standard um, two and a half by three and a half card is going to cost a dollar for the two-week service and fifty cents for the 16-week service. The 16-week service is a little bit misleading in that it's not like you have to wait a full 16 weeks before you see anything, as we get through certain stages of our process. Uh, Some items will show start to show up in your account. And then uh, we generally try to wrap everything up and maybe there'll be some straggling cards that come in that last week. And if we don't hit the 16 weeks, then you get um, like a 20% discount on the the fees. Uh, Our our two-week service is... Uh, I think they're generally getting that done closer to one week right now. So they're pretty good pace on that. Um, And uh, again, you get a discount if we fail to get the cards done in that period. We also offer some services if you're trying to sell some more valuable cards, if you want to auction them off, if you want to charge more than $100 for the cards, then we recommend that you use our Elite processing service. It's very similar to the... Uh, Two week service, but it's really geared towards uh, high end cards. You'll notice those cards generally get scanned with a black background, um, and uh, we just do a little bit of extra work to prepare them in case you want to put them up for auction.
0: What kind of uh, like what kind of valuation do you need for that type of stuff?
1: I think they they're targeting uh, encouraging people to uh, send things that would sell for about fifty dollars or more. Uh, that's kind of the rough rule of thumb. If the card at auction isn't going to sell for 50, then we recommend just using one of our other, our standard uh, consignment services. But we do have, if you want to send it direct to auction, you don't have to pay anything up front. You can just choose our auction service and send stuff into that. And then we'll, we'll put it up at auction. We're going to keep $3.50 regardless of what it sells for. If it sells for more than $100, then we we keep an extra or a total of three and a half percent. So the minimum is $350 for, for um, the, the transaction fee on an auction.
2: One thing I've found that, you know, the question years ago was, what's ComC? But that doesn't yeah. happen as much anymore. But trying to explain to people how it works exactly. And a lot of them are still surprised that the cards are on. Ebay as well, so yeah, when yeah, you doing that, and
0: how how's that been? Going? Oh, oh, hold on a second, see, yeah. see, guys, for you guys listening, I I have some inside information here. I kind of know Kelly a little bit, so Kelly dropped a stat that you told me prior to uh, airing here with Tim. Uh Ted, Kelly is not just also a podcaster; he's also a client. All right, so <laughs> drop drop some numbers here, Kelly, and how you've done. Let's not talk about money totals, but how many yeah, cards have you posted on ComC and how and how many have you <laughs> sold?
2: So, I, I over the years I've had seventy two thousand cards added, and sixty one thousand have sold. So, I currently have about ten thousand five hundred for sale on the site. Yeah, I'm definitely a user and have been for that.
0: So that, that,
2: that, that, I, he told
0: me that number and he was like, Oh yeah, it's about 70,000. I'm
2: like, what the hell are you
0: talking about? That's a <laughs> shitload of cards. I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if I have that many cards, man. That's insane.
2: Yeah. It yeah. was a big deal though. When you know, people are like, well, I just saw on eBay. Well, if you send them to come see, they also get put on eBay. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, the model uh, is a confinement model. So everything that's for sale people have sent to us they don't list stuff themselves so the, the, all the cards are in our possessions they in our possession and it's our team that actually does the work to describe something if we make any mistakes you can let us know and we'll take care of it so you don't actually have to fix things up yourself we'll, we'll we'll um correct any mistakes that we may have made um the uh items that go up for sale uh, you don't have to do anything to get them listed on eBay. What we do is we look at um, the we look at the history of how many cards have sold, and then we list approximately how many cards we've sold in the past year on eBay as well. So if we've sold ten copies of a card, we'll list ten our, our cheapest ten copies on eBay as well. If we've only sold two copies of a card, we'll we'll list two, maybe three copies of that card on eBay. Um, So not every single card gets listed on eBay, but if you have a competitive price, there's a good chance that you're going to have exposure on eBay. And then as orders come in from eBay, uh, we basically um, uh, transfer the cards into a, a special eBay holding account and. Uh, once everything is ready for the eBay order, uh, we ship the order to the, the customer and eBay and handle all the um, eBay uh, payment processing, customer service issues, all that kind of stuff, just like we do on CompSea.
0: So let's talk about with the boom. Obviously, mm-hmm. now you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. there's plenty of million. There's a lot of companies and, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about your growth and your expansion, um, but now you have more competition. I mean, mm-hmm. now, you, now you're starting to see guys like uh, Star uh, talk yep. I believe them. Yeah, you have. Yep. Uh, you still have eBay uh, still mm-hmm. around. You have Myslabs.com. Yep. Uh, you have other websites that are selling and they're consigning and they're and very mm-hmm. similar, very similar to what you're yeah. doing here. Um, yeah. What's coming and what's how are you modifying uh, the game mm-hmm. plan to kind of stay to stay obviously uh, one of the yeah. industry leaders?
1: So we have always. Uh, allowed people to send us anything. So you've mentioned Starstock and, and they are a very innovative service, very focused on rookies and specific rookies, which makes the their challenge of doing consignment a lot simpler um, with us. I mean, literally people hunt for the rarest cards that we've never seen and try to like make it more difficult. They'll send us German movie cards from the 1930s and like all sorts of stuff. So you can, anything that's a trading card, you can send to us. Also, we... Kelly,
0: accept- Kelly have you listed those uh, those lady <laughs> cards that you're trying to get me to buy?
2: No. Nice. <laughs> what was, what was thinking- the name of
0: those? What was the name of those?
2: <laughs> Come see, a (laughs) (laughs) family-friendly. Got him, got him. Okay,
1: (laughs) Okay, we we missed almost everything. We Almost everything. We do try to keep it so that people can have their kids on the site and not worry about having to uh, limit (laughs) what they can see. But anyhow, um, we also... Uh, have because this is what I collected growing up raw cards. Like, the graded cards wasn't even a thing back in the early '90s. So uh, I wanted the service to work for any raw cards, and so we do that. And those are two of the things that you don't usually see that combination in any competitor. Whether like uh, some some places will accept consignments of slabbed items, uh, they'll accept just the rookie card consignment, but we we allow people to enjoy any part of the hobby um and uh, we're gonna continue to to focus on that and try to provide the best service that you can use for for anything um the uh, everybody is doing uh innovative things there's competition uh we are investing in our tech right now we have to focus our energies just on the infrastructure to keep up with the current demand there's no point in giving you a feature that doubles our demand when we can't ship the orders to begin with so we're going to get our infrastructure solid and then we're going to start rolling out uh, new services like mobile app Uh, we have all sorts of features like the ability to uh, create a want list to create a buy list to put prices or bids out on items. there's all sorts of things that we'll do to help you collect send you notifications when your favorite player goes up for sale i'm a huge Goran Dragic collector and i don't know there's a bunch of people that have figured that out so all his good (laughs) cards get gobbled up before i get a chance to 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 buy them so um i really want that that mobile app that sends me a notification as soon as a Goran Dragic card hits the site so i have some chance of uh filling out those remaining cards in my collection um So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we're gonna be doing. A lot of those things aren't gonna happen until next year. This year is really about building up our infrastructure, taking advantage of our new building, hiring people, training those people, just uh, making sure that we can deliver on the promises that we've made with our existing services before we try to go off and do new things.
2: One other thing that I don't really use, but I know a lot of people do is, you can sell your whole port. You can do a port yeah. sale. Yeah. So if you're kind of done with your cards, you like want to start fresh. You can sell your whole yeah. port. Yeah. And also, if you don't start off, if you don't have any cards to start out with, you can go on there and buy a yeah. port. Yeah. And start yeah. from there. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was something I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, I saw that on the website, and I was like, "What is a
2: port?"
1: Yeah. I, that was a feature that some customers asked for. I, they called it a port. I didn't even. I'm like, okay, well, sure, we can we can do it. But it's someone's whole portfolio, everything that's in their account, they want to just put it up for sale. Um, and I think- when and we you get buy advanced, it as a lot, right? You buy it yeah, as yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can make an offer on the whole thing. They can set a, a fixed price if they want and be like, okay, if you give me this price, you can just take the whole thing. Some people just put it up and say like, hey, make offers. Uh, and so if you negotiate on the price, we'll swap the items for you. Um, but I, I want to be able to do some things like let people auction off ports. Um, right now, it's kind of like a silent auction and that a bunch of people can make bids and you can see who has the highest bid and uh, accept that. But um, anyhow, there, there's improvements we can make to that system, and hopefully next year we can address some of those.
2: And then one other one last thing about the specifics of the site you can also redeem your store credit for uh blowout cards gifts or mm right mm-hmm. So yeah was that
1: was blowout cards yeah yeah that was actually early on a bunch of blowout cards uh, members uh got together and said hey we love blowout we love com c you guys need to get together and figure out what you can do so they connected me with tom fish probably at the second national and i think by the third, so like two years in to launching check out my cards i think we had a, a deal going with um with blowout and uh we they focus on wax we focus on singles if you have a bunch of store credit in your account and you want to spend that on wax, that's a great way to do it is just to get a gift certificate over for blowout cards. And we give you a better rate than you would if you cashed out your store credit.
0: That's awesome. That's a great deal. Mm-hmm. Kelly, have you done that? Is that Is that how? You, is that how you got our, our big deal?
2: Yeah, I did a couple of times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so, okay, so we talked about the websites that are our competitors, but let's talk about what kind of effect do you think PSA and the grading system has had on the market with, with you know, cause you, you see it from a yeah. different side, you see it from a selling mm-hmm. standpoint. A lot of people are saying that the PSA, when, when the card stops, stop getting graded, they kind of, mm-hmm. that's beginning of the dip. And mm-hmm. the, a lot of, some people are saying that once PSA opens up, you're going to see another boom, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. see another, another, another tick, in uh, growth. And then now you're seeing card shows pop up everywhere again. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, like, how yeah. is that affecting ComSea in general?
1: Uh, I think I mean, that's an interesting theory about those. I think they're probably not related. Uh, I, I, the, I think the uh, market dip has more to do with uh, things that are outside the trading card industry. Like you see dips in Bitcoin and then the stock market, like people are just rotating where they're they're putting their capital and what PSA has done is created a more investable asset it's hard to consider a, a trading card an investment if it's not encased in a slab with a, a grade on it because you don't really you can't really compare it's like a, a work of art which like if, if a card is raw Okay, it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. Especially when you're you're like on the the high end, it's not very predictable. And so, obviously, adding the 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 grade makes it more um, comparable, and and so then people that want to invest uh, can do so with more confidence. But that's not really our bread and butter. Our bread and butter has been the lower end of the market. Uh, we do support graded cards, but we're not selling the five million dollar uh, Tom Brady rookie and all that kind of stuff. Like you're, those, not, you're not competing with Golden anytime soon. Oh, that, that's not that's not our focus. Um, the uh, so so what PSA has, has done is created. An appetite for those types of things. And people during the pandemic have been looking for alternative ways to spend their money, alternative investments. There's a lot of things um, that people have made money on and they wanted to rotate their investments. And so a lot of them have gone into alternative assets and collectibles. And uh, I, I think uh, that's an interesting idea. I don't know if when PSA starts opening things up and we see a lot more cards coming from PSA on the market, if that will cause another boom, um, I think it's more to do with basketball, to be honest. And there's a certain point in the season when people uh, start to wind down their investments. Early on in any sports season, people are speculating. And towards the end of the season, they know which teams are going to make the playoffs. Uh, And it it may get more exciting as you watch only a few teams be left in the playoffs, but that basically means there's only a few teams worth the cards that people are actively hunting for. Most of the work has
0: been done by that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I think if anything, there was just kind of like a winding down of like, okay, well, we're, we're, they were getting close to the end of the basketball season and basketball has it, like growth has been insane. Um, so I, I think that's probably, I would say the next boom is related to next year's basketball season. Uh, that would be my prediction.
0: So speaking of predictions and, mm-hmm. and the way the markets moved and, and all that stuff, let's, uh, mm-hmm. You you've been able to hook us up. Uh, I know Kelly and I were going over some of those numbers prior, yeah. And we were we were looking at some of the uh, ideas and stuff that uh, for future stuff that we're, we're, yeah. we're talking about earlier, but. So we're here on this show. We always talk about the kind of the alternative markets, the stuff yeah. that's not being talked about every day. Yeah. You know, you can only yeah. talk about Kobe, LeBron and Michael mm-hmm. Jordan so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, on this show, we talk a lot. Uh, soccer, we talk um, UFC mm-hmm. cards. We talk, uh, you know, we talk a little wrestling. We talk a little F1. Yeah. So uh, let's start there. Let, let's talk yeah. about C from compared to last year what kind of numbers are we looking at? I mean, we saw the eBay mm-hmm. numbers. There's a whole bunch of hype on, on, on mm-hmm. when those eBay numbers were announced. What yeah. are the comp C numbers from year to year that show growth and maybe where the money's moving? Yeah.
1: So um, I'll, I'll just go through the, the categories that you've described. I... We could, yeah,
0: we could start with soccer. Let's start. That's probably the biggest one of all is probably. What <laughs> all right.
1: Is. Yeah, it sounds good. So I, uh, in um, soccer, we saw a ramp up, a lot of interest was growing uh, even prior to uh, 2020. In uh, 2019, going to 2020, we tripled the number of cards sold uh, on Comfy, And uh, were uh, in addition to the number of cards that were sold, we saw people paying a lot more for the same card. So in 2019, people were paying about three dollars a card on average. In 2020, for soccer cards, people paid uh, more than seven dollars a card. So we saw almost a sevenfold increase in the amount of money spent on soccer cards from 2019 to 2020. Um, in uh is that, 2020, is that normal though? Is that is that a normal growth pattern? I mean. Uh, yeah, com- not compared to other sports. That has, I think, I'm trying. I'm know. trying to give a
0: context to listeners. You know, I mean?
1: so so uh, basketball is uh, basketball grew by about four x in the amount of money spent. Uh, made, yeah, right around four four times from 2019 to 2020. They so a 300 percent or a four x growth for basketball. But in soccer, 2019 to 2020, it was like a 600% or 7x growth in um, the amount of money spent on soccer cards. Kelly, uh, I keep uh, telling and, you to jump on board, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, and then, so that was in uh, 2020. 2021, it looks like soccer is going to double again. Wow. Uh, we've already done more sales in the first five months than we did all of 2020 uh so Cha-ching. soccer soccer is on pace to double again after 7x thing um basketball is not they're not basketball is not even going to double the this year there uh it'll be an increase maybe like a 50 percent increase but it's not not doubling um and uh let's talk about some uh
0: how about mma with UFC? Is, is it too early yeah, to yeah. talk about those
1: uh, no, um, that, so what we've seen there, uh, it, it's definitely more recent that we've seen the, the big increase the tick, yeah with the panini yeah. release, correct? Uh, I, I haven't looked at that level of detail. I imagine that's probably what the increase is from, but we, uh, just across everything MMA from 2020 to this year, we've already done, um, about 30 percent more than last year so it's on pace probably to close to triple where soccer is doing double the money spent over last year and basketball maybe 50 percent more mma is looking to people are spending about triple what they spent last year
0: And that's still growing, obviously, because it's relatively new. A lot of the action is late,
1: which is awesome.
0: Which -hmm. is awesome. Kelly, you just made Kelly very happy. I mean, he's he's counting his dollar signs in the back. Uh, 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 And and we're moving forward. um, And the other one I was going to ask you is F1. I mean, uh, it's a big international market. Mm -hmm. It hasn't really caught up here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. yet. How's that looking?
1: They're on pace to more than double this year. We've already sold more racing cards in 2020, the first five months of uh, 2021 than we did all of 2020.
0: And that could yeah. also increase as well, yeah. too, based yeah. on demand. But yep. And then for, for Kelly, I know uh, we don't talk about a lot on here, but yeah. Kelly loves wrestling. Right, Kelly? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yep, so that's
0: that, that's his that's his bread and butter. Besides, uh, yeah. you know, UFC and all the other stuff. So let's talk about wrestling. What 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 kind of has rest, I mean, it sounds like everything's pretty much increased. I mean, every sport yeah. we talked about.
1: Um, wrestling is probably going to outpace basketball, but not wow. as much as the other sports that we talked about. Wrestling is probably going to be uh about a maybe 60 70 growth year over year uh for the amount of dollars spent on wrestling cards and the,
0: the can you like i mean your your software obviously your numbers mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. what kind of trends are you picking up uh is there any like tidbits you can give us on stuff that's uh, more active and more more recent uh
1: i i didn't look up the most recent data but uh some other sports that have been growing phenomenally that you or i should say not necessarily sports but categories that sure. so you haven't mentioned um so like uh, movie cards uh uh probably garbage pale kids um there's a lot of non sports cards that uh th- they're on pace probably to grow by um Almost triple over last year. So they, they have, yeah, it's going to be about 200 and uh, 2.5 times what we did last year for non-sports. Um, I mean, it, and that was a bigger market to begin with. So that's pretty impressive to have a big market and then sure. grow, grow that much. In fact, um, it, it still is larger than the soccer market can you can you actually
0: uh, just a quick question on your software can you actually dissect so when you say soccer cards can you can you figure out how many of those were mls related or you know epl related is that is that possible or no
1: I, I could. I don't have those. No, no, no. In I'm
0: package. just asking in, yeah. in, in general because that's pretty cool. Because yeah. it would be cool to see the non-sports. I mean, yeah, you know, how many are TV and how many are this and that? That'd be and how many are garbage pill kids? Which yeah. and I'm kind of pissed at my mom for throwing all those out years ago. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, the the so the numbers are g- are growing across the board. Yeah, are are there markets in your opinion that are that are more safe than others? Uh, like you know, when you have this yeah. correction going on in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are there markets that are more safe than others? And also speaking of the correction, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on that as well. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. b- have you seen less numbers coming in or do you see more numbers coming in?
1: I mean, we're still seeing, uh, similar volumes of items selling. They're just not selling for as much. So, uh, there was definitely a peak in basketball prices. Uh, early on in the year. Um, And in the last couple of months, it's weakened. But a lot of people are like, oh, great. I can buy the same number of cards. I just don't have to pay as much for them. So we're not seeing a decrease in the demand of cards. Uh, We're just seeing the people are able to get them at a better price. Uh, And as far as uh, which categories might have... uh, that might be more protected from that I think basketball had so much hype um, and people were very heavily focused on the current rookie crops uh, that I think that was I mean the the prices people were paying were just really 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 high and so I think there's a lot of other things that there's a lot of strong demand for even like all the non-sport cards that there's a lot of uh, a lot of money is being spent, but it's not so hyper focused in certain areas. So, for example, the average basketball card two years ago in 2019 sold for three dollars and seventy nine cents. Um, right now, it's ten dollars, so it's three x the average price paid for a soccer or for a basketball card. For non sports cards. Um, I just mentioned they're right there for this year, right there with soccer for uh, fastest growing and, or right up there with soccer. And um, the average price paid is only $3 a card. So like it's, there's just a lot of demand spread over a lot of cards. So you're probably not risking like things uh, deflating as quickly. Uh, but yeah, baseball or basketball cards. People were paying a huge premium for, and some of the other sports you don't have. They're not quite at that level yet. So
0: Tom, if you're investing and you're starting to get a portfolio today, have no cards, no Lenny Dykstra's, no, uh, no no collection at all. What are you buying? It, it, what would you think would be the best buy right now?
2: Oh, I can answer um, that. Go WNBA for Prism, right?
0: <laughs> WNBA Prism is awesome, man. I love Sabrina. Uh,
2: uh
1: yeah, I I I mean that's if I look at what I've spent my money on the last year, that's definitely where it's been. I uh bought many cases and a ton of singles. Um I'm a huge WNBA fan. Uh, Yeah, if I were right now to start from scratch, I would definitely choose a WNBA. I love basketball, but basketball cards are like out of reach. They're so expensive. Uh, And WNBA cards are much more uh, affordable, but you can get amazing players. They're rising. Those boxes are rising. I I did get... I have a new, most expensive card that I, I've ever purchased. Uh, it was last year's um, gold vinyl Sue Bird. So I got the, the 101 Sue Bird. Uh, I was going to ask
0: you, do you have any Sue Bird rookies on sale for me? Because uh, I've been trying to get <laughs> one of those because they were, they were I believe they were a uh, insert or something like that yeah. in the original
1: Fleer. no. Nah. I don't have anything for sale. I did fortunately pick up a bunch of Sue Bird stuff from my own personal collection or like when everybody like Jordan cards were skyrocketing, like people started looking around and seeing like, who, who's next? So I'm like, okay, who are hall of famers or soon to be hall of famers that people will eventually want. So I got like a bunch of Steve Nash rookie cards and a bunch of um, other uh nba players and then i just went to town on wnba and so i got uh a, a bunch of subert autos and all sorts of stuff before um the, boom. the the market caught on on that
2: so tim to put you on the spot being you're from uh minnesota who do you cheer for when the Lynx play the star
1: Ooh. um so it was interesting. For a while, it was like going back and forth who would win uh, the the <laughs> WNBA championship. So I got to enjoy both teams. It was definitely the Minnesota Lynx that got me into WNBA. Uh, I went to a game in Minnesota with a good buddy of mine and saw Simone Augustus. And I was like, holy crap. Like She's impressive. She plays like guys that I'm used to playing with. Like, this is not what I thought uh, the women's game was. And then I came back to Seattle and got season tickets and we weren't very good at the time. And so <laughs> it, at first it was like, cool, I get to see all these teams like the Minnesota links come to Seattle. And then it was like, Oh my goodness, we're getting better and better. We got these good draft picks and now we got our own set of championships. And so um right now I'm definitely a, a Seattle storm uh, focused in Minnesota. It's like, okay, they're, they're, without Maya
2: Moore, it's not
1: the same thing. So
2: right, and Hector, when Tim says guys he's used to playing with, yeah, he's played with some good guys. Nothing to sneeze at, like uh, Sean Kemp, right?
1: Yeah, I, I I played with a lot of Seattle area. Love his um, shoes. The Seattle natives. Um, there's a bunch of summer leagues and tournaments and stuff. The glove. Uh, I I haven't played. I've met uh, Kendall Gary Kendall Gill. Let's see. Old, old no, uh, those old are niece. before my time. Uh, I, <laughs> the people I actually got to play with uh, Doug Christie. Um, oh, Doug Christie. Uh, Brent Barry. Brenner, Brennan Brandon Roy. I Brent Barry. No, uh, That's still Again, I think they were. He he probably wasn't playing in the prime and stuff when I when I was That's there. Awesome. But. Um, uh, Jamal Crawford, um, best player you ever played with. Uh, I well, I'll definitely say my favorite player to play with by far was Jamal Crawford. Uh, he he's like, he yeah, he's an amazing guy. He actually That's passed not, him the he ball. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, he passed the ball. He
1: he did encourage me to shoot. But uh, I I only got to play a few games with him. Um, actually, I, the, the first time I played against, I was on the court with him. He was on the other team uh, and his team was destroying mine. And so he switched teams at halftime and played with me. <laughs> and then he invited me to go play with them in a tournament. Uh, and that was actually where I got to play with, um, uh, with, Sean Kemp, that's where I got dunked on by Nate Robinson. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Roy was our our coach. He was still in college. and couldn't play. So I, I got to be, be around those. And so, of course, I collect all their cards now. Uh, so basically, Kelly, what
0: you were telling me pre-show is correct. I mean, Tim sounds like the inspiration for White Man Can't Jump. I mean, that, that sounds like <laughs> where, the, where the plot came from.
1: <laughs> Ouch. Ouch.
0: Ouch. Billy Hoyle. but uh Hey, you know, Tim, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was great just chatting with you. Um, I love uh, hearing about ComC and, and the things that, that are working over there. I mean, I know everybody kind of has their grown pains right now. Mm-hmm. This It wasn't just a normal rise. That's what people don't yeah. understand. People are like, well, why is uh, SGC closing? And why is yeah. you know Becky closing? Why yeah. is PSA doing this? Everybody's doing their own thing because they're all having yeah. problems. I mean, you know, yeah. the market just grew exponentially across the yeah. world, really, not just yeah. Yeah. here. So, uh, I'm happy to hear that you guys are, are, are fixing that. And yeah. Kelly, uh, you're going to cut me off once again.
2: Yeah. One other thing I was going to say, as far as group breaks go and a lot of customers are joining group breaks. Yep. One thing you could do is as a customer, you could have the group breakers send right to your Com C mailbox. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to actually get the cards. They go right to Com C. Yeah.
1: On that note, we're, I, I just, Work today with one of our developers on a feature that we are uh, hoping to roll out at the national uh, that actually helps breakers uh, when people want to do what you just said. Yeah, you, we are, we, today, you can go to any breaker and you can tell them, hey, don't ship to me personally. Here's my address for my Comcy mailbox to ship to that. We're actually going to be making some uh, improvements to streamline that process and allow breakers to get you an even better price and um, allow us to more efficiently process those cards. Because that's now the best way, most common way for people to even get a chance at buying any new product. And so we want breakers to have a good way to get stuff to us. So hopefully we'll have that uh, polished off and ready for the national. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I didn't That's see good. um I have, pur- I have purchased before through you guys and
0: there seems to be cards at one price and then i see another listing of the same exact card at another <laughs> price does that
1: yeah. mean that it's a better condition or anything like that uh it can but it really just means that it's usually a different person that owns the card and sometimes people will price the cards at multiple different prices because they own several copies and they're like okay I'll let one go at $3, but the next one you got to pay $4 for. And the next one you got to pay $5 for. So sometimes people stagger the prices and it's not necessarily the quality. It's just those are the prices people want for their their cards.
0: It yeah. was totally, made It was like a mind fuck. I'm yeah. sitting there. I'm like, yeah. is that the better card? Should I pay the $3 extra? We're,
1: yeah. <laughs> so it's actually interesting. It's a, 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 when you're selling cards, sometimes people try to have that race. They think, like, oh, I got to have the cheapest card for sale because I'm going to get the sale. But that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes people look at stuff and they'll mm-hmm. be like, well, oh, I want the best card. So I'm feeling yep. to pay more. And so, like, there's a psychological game with how you want to price cards. Often you don't want to be the cheapest. You want to be. Um, like maybe the third most expensive or third cheapest card or something like that. Sure. Yeah.
0: Then uh, T- Kelly, I'm not sure if you heard what Tim said, um, you know, he's going to have the national. I don't know if you've spoke. I'm sure you've spoken to him. You guys have a backdoor deal ready to go, but he said he was going to have podcasting at his booth at national mm-hmm. yet. I haven't been contacted and I don't know anything about this. So I'm sure you Kelly, you've, <laughs> you've-, you've figured something out here.
2: Yeah, he wanted to see how it went today and go from there. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, uh,
1: yeah, I don't see. Yeah, I we're doing some new this year. I've gotten wind of some of the things that we're doing, but I don't even know all the plans. Uh, I, all I know is we are going to be uh, trying to do some live events at our booth. Uh, some exciting news that's going to come out about Uh, giveaways and promotions at the booth. Uh, I'm sure all
2: of that will be on our social media. It's just going to be nice to get back together and see everybody in person. Finally. You just want the free
0: meals, man. Let's, let's get the truth. You want the bar tab covered. Uh, That's what Kelly's worried about, but it helps. helps. (laughs) But the other thing I was going to say was that we will be at National. Hopefully we'll be we'll be able to get a few minutes of your time away from uh, your busy busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, like again, Tim, thank you very much for joining Thanks. us. Tim Getch, ComC, check out uh, Tell us anywhere we can find you online or if you just want to promote the
1: website. Yeah, definitely. ComC.com, CMC.com uh, on Facebook and uh, Instagram. It's uh, under check out my cards, and you can find all those links on the, the website. Awesome. Well,
0: Tim, thank you very much once again. Kelly, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you uh, on your day-to-day breaking needs for all their for all their breaking needs.
2: Yeah, you can join the breaks on eBay at Big Rangs B-I-G-W-R-A-N-G-S, YouTube, Rippin' List, Instagram, at Rippin' List.
0: Love it. Sports cards for you and Dakota Gaming Supply. And again, guys, make sure you follow us on Instagram at CardCracks. Cracks. Uh, also, you can listen to the podcast, obviously, wherever you're listening now. But we subscribe to Apple, iTunes, and then uh, you also have Spotify. But thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Again, we will hopefully connect soon at the National. Until then, peace out, everybody.